Hello and welcome to another episode of Extraordinary Interviews with Ordinary People. On today's episode, I interview soon-to-be-famous comedian Paul. We get into his new life and relationship with my co-worker Sydney here on the West Coast. We also get into his run-in with the street gang, the Latin Kings. And I will take a trip down memory lane and recount the time I was robbed at gunpoint. Strap in for a long one today, folks. I hope you enjoy. We will get right to the interview after a message from our sponsors. Today's episode brought to you by What A Lot Of Pizza. People disappoint, but pizza never does. Today's episode also brought to you by Fireworks, scaring the crap out of dogs since 1776. Well, let's start, I always start with your date of birth. What year were you born? I was born in 1991. 91. Alright, so 91. That's good. What year were you born? Uh, 85. Ah, so you old as shit. Yeah. That's gross. Dinosaur. Right, what a well, gross year to be born. Boring. So fucking old. But I got to experience the 90s, so that's good. Because <laughs> the 90s are terrific. Mm-hmm. 90s are my favorite decade. My wife says I still live in the 90s, so pretty stuck there. I think it's okay to be stuck there. <laughs> it's a good place to yeah. be stuck. So basically, like, you're recording a podcast, but you reject the internet, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the internet, gross. So millennial, so Gen Z. Ew. Are you technic? You're not a boomer. No. 85 is a millennial, right? No, yeah. Okay. I don't like being called a millennial, though. Well, like, uh, I'm like the edge of millennial, which are good people, but you get like the center of millennial. People are useless. They don't work or anything. <laughs> so where were you born? Gra- uh, well, I was born in Newton, I guess, uh, Massachusetts, but I-, I grew up in Grafton, town right next to Worcester. Yeah. So both Massachusetts, you grew up there? Mm-hmm. That's cool, East Coast guy. Um, what uh, what kind of what was it like the family arrangement? You have mom and dad around, brothers and sisters, or? I mean, yeah, I lucked out. So I'm adopted, and I got uh, I I got like the best family ever. Oh, yeah, mom, dad, That's sister, cool. older sister. She was adopted too. I don't think I've ever met an adopted person. Yeah. There's no way you haven't. Maybe well, they just like, didn't bring it up. Yeah, I'm sure it's not something you start the conversation with. <laughs> Nathan, I'm an Aries. I'm adopted. Hey, how you doing? That's how I begin half my standard sets. <laughs> Alright, a few things about me. Feel I'm adopted. That, yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to get into your comedy career because that's cool. Uh, okay. But anyways, uh, so did you have any other brothers and sisters or did they just adopt one person? Did they have any like natural children or was uh, just you? They didn't have any natural children. So just, uh, you know, my sister's adopted, I'm adopted. Okay. Um, uh, my sister's two years older than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously the first purchase wasn't good enough. Uh, they, needed, <laughs> they needed replacement. Right. That's cool. Love you, Becca. <laughs> so, um, so you have a good relationship with them? Because usually people that adopt are like a self-selecting group. They're obviously going to be good parents. They had money yeah. and... It, it kind of makes sense that way, right? Right, yeah. They're not a lot of terrible parents. By the way, buying children. buying babies, exorbitantly yeah. expensive. Very Especially expensive. depending on like the route that you take. Yeah. Supposedly my parents took the route where they, uh, they really like, they housed the or they they help pay for rent uh for the mom and stuff like that so like in total like the, the expenses of adopting a baby mm-hmm. racked up a bit but my parents were like really committed what did they do for a living your mom and dad uh my, my mom's a nurse nurse and my dad is uh for a long time the title was software architect but i think now he's a cybersecurity analyst so good money. no 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 cybersecurity architect yeah 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 um so that's good money yeah, it's okay, money. Well, you had to pay for you somehow. I know, right? Yeah. It's a mess. 
<laughs> this ass is expensive. <laughs> um, have they all? Have you always gotten away or gotten along with your sister? Yeah. Too? She's cool. I mean, like you know, I mean, as kids, you know, you yeah. ask her around. But like now, you guys are friendly. Yeah. Do your your family still lives on the East Coast? Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. It's cool, but just like my sister's one of my best friends now. Oh, that's good. And so I'm lucky about that. Yeah. I know a lot of people have fallen outs with their fallens is out, fallens, bird, uh, fall, <laughs> falling worry. outs with like their siblings a lot. Like they Wanted grow apart and stuff. <laughs> I'm lucky. And my sister's like best friends with Sydney now too. Oh, that's cool. You so is your sister here or is she still on the east coast too? She's on the east coast. But you talk to her a lot. Yeah. So, what was uh, school like for you growing up, like 8th grade, ninth grade? Were you like a band geek or anything like that? Or? I was just nobody. I was, a, I was the least cool kid. <laughs> yeah. I was the number one bottom of the barrel. Like, if you, uh, if you had to like think of that kid back in, back in high school, middle school, whatever it was, the one kid that everybody's like, okay, at least I'm not him. That guy was me. I had this one dude that was close to me, and he beat me one day in 7th grade. He made fun of me in class, everybody laughed about it, and he notched up a peg, and I was too nervous. I couldn't yeah. do anything about it. Yeah. And so I became, like, the bottom guy. But it didn't matter that much, because I had, a, like, my core group of friends that we grew up with in, um, in, like, the neighborhood. But they were in different grades than me. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much just stuck to myself in middle school. Okay. I didn't really come out of my shell until senior year of high school. So you weren't even, like, a class clown or anything like that? Just a quiet... I had a lot of jokes, and I would say jokes, yeah, but I think I annoyed usually, people more than anything. Yeah, I was the same way when I, back when I used to think I was funny, but I was, uh, <laughs> I was always like, I would keep saying the same joke, which I like, or I guess I call it trying too hard. I would always try too hard to be funny, yeah. and that never works out. I'm trying to teach that to my son. Like, you gotta not try. Once they laugh, you back up. Don't do the same joke over and over again, stuff like that, but it's, it's hard. the yeah. same way. When you're a kid, you want to make people laugh. It's it, the the blurring of the lines between trying and not trying. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, there's like three kids in every school that have that down. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. And who knows what kind of trauma gave them that opportunity? <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't understand like how there's like, and then in school you have sometimes just one person who understands the concept that you don't have to try. You just have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one or two people in any school that's like that, and then they dictate what's cool for everybody else. And actually, similarly, that that's like every job, too. Yeah. The one person who's for just sure. themselves, like, if there's a dude who likes anime, but he's just completely comfortable with himself, he's not throwing it on anybody. Yeah. I bet you anything, after a few months, more people in that office are going to be watching anime than were before. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a confidence, or like a comfortable, being comfortable with yourself really works well. Yeah. So you say senior year is when you kind of blossom. What will change then? What happened in senior year? <laughs> Transferred schools. <laughs> I got a, I got recruited. Fresh start. Yeah, I got recruited for hockey to go to play for another high school. I was the backup goalie for the JV team, uh, and junior year of high school, I don't think I even. Yeah, I think I was on the JV team again. I actually don't remember. I might not yeah. have even been on high school team. Yeah. You and played, then I uh, you played football, you said? Hockey. Hockey. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it's the East Coast thing, right? I guess so. Well, this is bigger over there. Yeah, way bigger. Yeah. That's cool. So that's uh, how you kept in shape. I know Sydney's always bragging about your hockey body. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. He's an ass man. I don't know. Did we even? I don't even know if I introduced you. So 
we'll add that in post later. The, here you uh, go. You can use this soundbite. Uh, ah, yeah, great to be here. <laughs> all right, just chop it all together. <laughs> I'm not that good at it. <laughs> but you're Sydney's boyfriend, right? Yeah. How did you guys meet? Uh, I don't know. We met on a grinder. How long have you guys been together? Four years. Oh, see, that's crazy. I always think about things so long ago, but... So you just came, or just met him four years ago, and you just came to the West Coast, like, recently, right? Three years ago. Three years ago. Moved in together after a year. How stupid was that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I beat you. I think me and my wife moved in, like, six months after we started dating. We moved in together. Really? Yeah. That's even more insane than what we did. Yeah, we moved in. It was me, her, and her best friend, and then her other friend. We were all roommates in a house in, like, Anaheim or something. Yeah, enough about me. But um, oh, you're fine. So like before Sydney, did you guys? Do you have any other, like maybe like a first love or like a fun, exciting relationship in high school or eighth grade or something? Or yeah, I mean, being by you, you get exciting relationships for sure. They're not always the best ones, <laughs> right? Uh, but they happen. Yeah. But did you have like a first love or first love? I don't know. I think it was a. I don't know. I remember my first crush. I'm trying to decide which one to say. <laughs> I fall in love easy, actually. It's it's oh, okay. a bad thing. Yeah, no, um, that's fair. That happens, too. Sydney swept me off my feet. But, uh, I don't know. I, I guess my first love was probably, like, the girl that I dated going into college. Okay. Well, not going into college, just after I got to college. So, I was in a relationship with a dude. Uh, that didn't go great. And uh, then there was, like, a brief period of time where I was single. And then uh, this girl who was senior in high school and from my local town. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I felt hard for her. Yeah. So I guess that would be that would be the one. That's cool. That's cool. And then what happened to her? How'd she get away? How'd she get away? <laughs> no, it just didn't work out. Yeah. It was, it was very different. Also, I was a party animal in college. Okay, so just uh, kind of in different places maybe? Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's cool. Good girl, for sure. Uh, and, and I'm sure she's happy doing what she's doing. I'm yeah. happy doing what I'm doing. Uh, things kind of fell apart just because, like, I think I was going into, like, a bad place, uh, mm. just mentally. Like, yeah. I'm in college. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing there. <laughs> right. Uh, I, God, I, never, I never even went to college. So kudos for you for trying. Did you finish anything, or did, how many yeah. years did you go? Well, I got a five, technically. Oh, wow. And oh, so I, I got a degree. Little, yeah. English teacher. Thing? Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I hate kids. What can you do? No, right. I'm so, I, I like kids. It's the parents that were horrible. be a professor someday. So you're of a... comedy. <laughs> so I, uh, that's interesting too. Your, I'm getting into that. Your English major probably helps you a lot in comedy now. Cause isn't there a lot of stuff to comedy like K sounds and alliteration <laughs> and stuff? Like it's K funny, right? Like well, <laughs> I mean, certain things can sound funnier. Like the year 444 BC sounds funnier than like 337 BC, or maybe that's a bad example, but. I think if you like pick the right number with the right sounds in it, sometimes it's funnier, or use the right words. Or but, So does your English major come into that when you're doing comedy, you think? Do you think it's helped you out through it? I think uh, it helped sharpen my wit. Yeah. I was always a talented writer, and uh, something that happened maybe in college, I got my first like real official compliment from a writer, like mm -hmm. somebody really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that just gave me the confidence to be able to write anything. Yeah. But apart works. from that... They, they teach you what the things are, and you read a lot, and you have to write a lot. Mm -hmm. So that obviously all helps, and having assignments keeps you, your brain healthy. Right. It's not just internal motivated writing all the time. i got to write right. stuff for them. Yeah. But we don't really 
don't think about that. <laughs> about the sounds. Maybe they, I they take too naturally much time. happen. I mean, I wrote that commercial for my first episode about butter, and I had to say like since when it was invented, like since I, my first thought was like nineteen seventeen or something. But then I googled it, and holy shit, butter's been around for like three thousand years. Like <laughs> fucking ever. So I was like, okay, well I can't say a year. I spent a lot of time picking the year. I think I ended up on 443 BC because I like the alliteration of 44 and I like the three like rhymes with BC. So I guess I put way too much thought no, into it. No, okay, so it just depends on situationally. <laughs> like, well, like when you're writing a joke the first time, maybe you pan it out in front of the audience, but like when you're first writing it, like I think there's a lot in that sentence that could be funnier by changing certain yeah. sounds and words. It's weird that you're talking about it like that. It's a... It's something that you take into account, I guess. It's yeah. just not the major thing. Right. Um, that's that's getting nitpicky, which we all do. That's why I'm not a Santa comedian, probably. But no, because <laughs> uh, I always thought I could be funny enough to be a Santa comedian. I've always been told you're very funny, but I never tried it. And every time I try to write, because I love writing, also, I just I feel like I just go too think too much about it writing it. Never stop thinking <laughs> too much about the writing process. Yeah. That you need to be a hundred million percent prepared, right? And then go on stage. Right. You just have to be willing to throw everything out, mm-hmm. but have that same skeleton that you had. Right. So I if you're putting that. in that much thought into, like, say, a joke, mm-hmm. then you're doing it the right way. Yeah. Uh, do I focus on the sounds as much? It comes up occasionally, yeah. but it's not something every time. I'm like, how could I make that funnier with like the sound? Right. Me and my uh, my my writing partner, best friend out here, uh, Derek. Uh, we, mm-hmm. when he writes, he's always talking about um, how he'll labor over like which word to use, uh-huh. and I'm very freewheeling when I go on stage. It sounds like, even though everything's written down, uh-huh. but when I'm figuring stuff out, he influenced me to put a little bit of more effort into like the exact word, yeah, for like sounds and stuff like that. But yeah. when it comes to numbers, it's kind of like I'll just be like, four hundred. Cool, that, that works. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe when I'm on stage, it's weird because, like, if you're at a party and you're telling a joke, it's almost like the correct number, the funny number, would come out. Right. If well, for that's... some reason you just know intrinsically, like, right. okay, 443 BC right. would be better. But, and it takes, like, forever to labor over that in the notebook. But when you're just telling the joke to somebody mm-hmm. and you're telling the joke for the first time, I bet you you would have come up with the same number just on the spot. Well, right, because I didn't see the number written anywhere. I did come up with it. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, I guess, when you get better at comedy or maybe if you're just naturally gifted at it, you're doing what I'm talking about more subliminally or more like, you know, just right away. You do it without thinking about doing it. It's, I guess that's being funny. I think, <laughs> I think everybody funny. does that. No, you're, I'm not. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Uh, it takes a... Trust me, I bombed for so long. Dude. All right. Everybody does but, that. But uh, yeah. honestly, the difference between uh, a stand-up comedian and somebody who wants to be a stand-up comedian or wants to try it mm-hmm. is trying it. Yeah. Uh, just oh, just do it. One I'll probably time. never do it. Why not? I don't know. I just... What's, what's preventing you? I, uh, I don't know. Probably too lazy to write material. I've tried writing a lot of different times. I've tried to write movies, novels. I read the Screenwriter's Bible. I've written a lot of poetry. I've written like 100 plus poems, but that's about all I've ever written. So, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just too lazy to write it all down, I guess, and like work out the material. Well, I think it's a shame that nobody gets to hear your creation stuff. Obviously, everybody creates for themselves. My wife hears a lot of my comedy. She doesn't think it's very funny, but... (laughs) 
It's hey, not worth it for her. You should, you should, <laughs> we should hit up an open mic. Uh, I'm dead serious. It would okay. be fun. Uh, Sydney right. can come. We'll have a couple drinks. It'd be a great time. Maybe. There's a Maybe spot someday. right across the street from where I live called the Rec Room. Well, you'd have to give me time to write some material, but... Have fun. Do it. Anyways. It's every Thursday. It's up. We gotta do this. Okay. So, back to you being adopted. <laughs> What's the... No, I'm okay. I don't What's know. the deal with that? <laughs> What's the deal with adoptions? Oh, I love Seinfeld. He's the greatest. So, um... So, you... That didn't really work out with the one. So, you say you're bisexual. That stuff is super interesting to me. I love talking about sexuality. I think it's crazy interesting. So, what is that... Like, I've always wondered, by sexuality, you lean towards one more, I would guess? I guess it just depends on the person. I'm like 50-50, not really under preference. Hmm. That's interesting. I thought they would always lean more. I used to joke that bisexual people are just too afraid to admit they're gay. <laughs> it's a funny joke. It's not true. Not true. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair enough, I mean. Um, but you did end up with Sydney, and uh, you said you met him four years ago. So what was that like? You said you met on, on the online... On Grinder, which I learned a yeah. lot about that website talking to your boyfriend and <laughs> yeah. Leah. You, yeah, you met Leah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I've talked a lot about that website. So that website's pretty great. Interesting stuff. And then, uh, what was it like first meeting him? You guys go on like a first date or something, or did you hit it off right away? Or I think the first time that we met, he came to my house. Because you said you fall in love pretty easy, right? So was it like the same with him? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We just shared this kiss like right <laughs> when we met, and it was just a really good kiss. That's awesome. And we ended up taking it slow, actually. I think we, we, we just really hung out. Um, That's cool. Uh, I think the first time that we hung out uh, was just chilling in my ba- my parents' basement mm-hmm. uh, for a bit and, like, watching anime, I yeah. think. And it's just, he's he's so comfortable to be around. I mean, you know. Yeah. He's yeah. got this sort of very charming presence about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like just intriguing like I want to get to know more about you and he's very confident as well yeah I'm attracted to confident people but I try to be a confident person myself sometimes <laughs> uh, I don't know that's overrated being confident useless so then you guys uh, moved out here uh, but uh, we can get back around to that go back more to your so you met him after college right uh, oh yeah oh yeah it was I mean I'm 29 so what was college like for you was it like crazy parties anything I I went into college hating uh, Greek life fraternities. I went into it um, hating party animals. Uh, I really didn't see the point. Uh, I was considering myself like this intellectual little boy. And I'm going into college not even knowing what my major's going to be. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not that smart. I was an idiot. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I've been like so intensely bullied my entire life that that one year in high school when I switched schools and then suddenly like without any preconceived notions, without the bullies dictating what everybody thought about me, something I had, like, I could make friends. Mm-hmm. Girls were into me. I had some guys into me. It was all this, like, brand new experience. And uh, so I, I had that brief taste of, like, this new confidence going into college mm-hmm. for the first time. So I went fucking nuts. Yeah. And I had the freedom coupled with, hey, maybe not everybody hates me. Yeah. So... It was just kind of a one-two punch. I got kicked out of housing for having weed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, University of New Hampshire. Uh, you know, live free or die unless you want to get high. I'm not found weed out there. Uh, and they found it was so stupid. That kid threw me under the bus too. Ah, but you know, I mean, everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm a believer that. Uh, got Wait, kicked so, out of housing. So you got thrown under the bus by somebody else. Somebody like it was the worst. I had never bought weed in my entire life. Uh-huh. I'm brand new to smoking weed. Uh huh. 
I like it. <laughs> and, uh, it and so, you know, I'm 18. Uh, this kid, my first semester I met, uh, he was really nice to me. We hit it off. Ended up going to, like, some parties together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a supplier of weed that he was best friends with. So we got very cheap. So we always had weed. And I tried to pay him money, and he never wanted the money. He's like, oh, it's fine. So one time I'm like, hey, let me buy some weed this time. Mm-hmm. So we go to his supplier. I buy the weed. And then fucking cops show up to his dorm when he's packing it. And, the, and then he throws me under the bus, and he tells the cops that it's mine. Oh, wow. It was the worst. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Did you get like you say? Did you get arrested? Or you just got kicked out. I got arrested that yeah. night. I said I didn't admit to anything. I got arrested, right. and then they uh, and then you know I had to pay a fine and do some community service, and that's it. But it got kicked, me kicked out of housing because okay. technically we were in his dorm, mm-hmm. where he always has weed. And the only reason we got well, anyways, the fact <laughs> that he said it's we hit it. They couldn't find it. It was in a peanut butter jar. Yeah. They were not gonna call dogs or anything like that. It was over. It was yeah. easy. And then they told me, they're like, hey, you can leave. Because I was being the chatty one. I was the guy who was going to get us out of it. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, hey, Nate, I'm not leaving. I'm going to go and uh, get a drink of water real quick, okay? And then he's like, all right. So I leave, get the drink of water, come back. The cops are in the room. We kept them out of the room the whole time. They had no reason yeah. to enter. And then as I'm standing there, he's like, well, why don't you just tell them where it is? It's your weed. It's not mine. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> That's I'm crazy. on. So I ended up joining a fraternity because there was nowhere else to uh, to stay. And a uh, fraternity called Alpha Gamma Rho let me stay there for free for a whole semester. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll join. That was really cool of you. Alpha Gamma Rho. That's yeah. so college sounding. <laughs> it's the Agricultural Fraternity of America. I'm an English dude who talks too much. <laughs> I've like never heard that kind of talk outside of like, the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Because I've never been to a college. Mm-hmm. I always try to pretend they don't exist. I make that joke to people like... Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. You heard you hear of colleges, but have you ever actually been to one? No one's actually been. It doesn't actually go over real. That's good when you're in a group of people that have never been to college, and I'm like, fuck you for saying that, because I have never been to a college, so you can't prove they exist. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of turn into a living for the weekend type of person uh, for a while. And, you know, it impacted my grades negatively, and mm. it's just like a. You look back on it and you wonder, like, okay, what did I really learn? from that experience and right. I did get be- much better at writing I found out who I am I found out my limits which is great mm-hmm. and I found out um, how to have a work ethic yeah and uh, I also found out like the type of people that I mesh with because I used to be like 100% open to anybody no matter what yeah and as you know Sydney's like the opposite <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a big mistake being open to people people are awful can't be open to everybody there's some <laughs> shitty people yeah for sure, you gotta keep some sort of walls up for sure. So, um, why did you go to college? I mean, you said you didn't really have a major, and like, what first drove you? There was like your parents making you go. It's not or? just them; society yeah. too. Yeah, and, you know, you're yeah, going I guess through. Was that one that time? If you can go to college, you go, and there's no choice. Yeah, so I just because colleges are colleges are kind of a big deal on the East Coast too, right? That's where some of like the biggest like Harvard and stuff is. Or am I wrong about that? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I think there's more like a college culture over there because, I mean, sure, I failed out of high school, but there was like zero talk of college in my family and any of my friends that I know, like even before we started, I'm sure even before you started high school, there was probably talks of college, but never in my life, so college is kind of funny to me. 
geez, college was being imprinted into my brain from elementary school onwards. Yeah, yeah. We don't have that over here, I don't think, as much. <laughs> well, SoCal is, God, it's completely different Yeah. when it comes to the view on life, and everybody's so individualistic here. Uh-huh. Um, there's a... It's not a lack of, like, community in a lot of places, because there's very great communities. But if, say, you were growing up in a very community-driven area, and every single person was saying, you got to go to college. Right. And there's right. really not even a debate up for it. Meanwhile, you got a place like here where uh, the number one thing I hear from people out here is, you do you. <laughs> and I can't imagine growing up with somebody saying, you do you. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually ruining a lot of things. <laughs> people should definitely not do them. need a lot more judgment and directing kids these days <laughs> just letting them do whatever they want it's a terrible idea but yeah so they um, don't know what they can do so right, yeah I, I actually agree with that all idiots all stupid people <laughs> yeah kids are idiots people are the worst um what do they know why why would they ever get to dictate anything they're the um, worst zero wisdom and a bunch of piss and vinegar just like useless stuff granted i think millennials uh should be more so influential than boomers my parents are fantastic. My dad embraced the internet. Uh-huh. That is the an example of you know somebody who didn't grow up with it, understanding that you know the world was expanding. Uh-huh. But let's be honest, most people who are from like the boomer generation have no friggin' idea. Yeah. Like they 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 stay willfully ignorant, try and keep everybody back. I think millennials are probably the first generation in a while who should actually tell the kids what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because we made all the internet mistakes. Right. They gotta learn from us. Yeah, internet's awful. They're such accessible. <laughs> we started on Twitter, that dumpster fire. You're oh, on Twitter, yeah. I take it? Absolutely, it's well, the worst. Fuck your Twitter. It'd be fun. But, uh, <laughs> it's gross. I refuse to get on Twitter. Twitter's <laughs> one I won't touch. I'll never have a Twitter. I'm so excited to delete all of my tweets the second any opportunity comes around. <laughs> I can't keep my Twitter. It's gonna, it's gonna it's cancel gonna me immediately. Really? Oh, like the first three episodes of this show, I'm canceled already. I had to cut one joke out. The episode I just released today. Um, my I interviewed my brother-in-law, and he said like he was talking about his uh, his sister's new boyfriend or something that when he was younger, and how he was worried about him because he was like a white supremacist. And, like right after he said white supremacist, I was like, oh man, white supremacists, those guys are great. <laughs> I listened to it when I was recording and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I want to cut that part out. That sounds pretty terrible out of context. Because no he didn't laugh and like it was right between him talking. So just I just said it and we just kept going. So I was just like, that sounds like I really meant that. <laughs> so well, you weren't waiting for an applause break, but like, maybe like well, an acknowledgement of like, huh, that's funny, yeah, I know you're kidding. Yeah, if he would have just said something <laughs> it just sounded like I was generally like, Oh man, white supremacists. They're just the best people. That's oh, funny. Never even met a white supremacist. They actually are the best people. Two white people. Two white people. They're yeah. the whitest. It's a joke I always make about Southern hospitality. <laughs> yeah. It's a big sham. Southern uh-huh. hospitality. Because they'll like, uh, you know, uh, you got some black neighbors moving next to the white people. White people are like, come on over. Have, some, have a meal with us. Uh, share Sunday dinner with us. And they do. They, and they'll party together and they'll have a great time. And as soon as it comes to any official policy... Helping out their black neighbors. They're like, not in my town. Your visitor's here. <laughs> yeah, you're just here for visiting. It's like, I was just over That's there, funny. and you said my house is your house. It's like, yeah, but my town ain't your town. <laughs> it's like, what then, What was the point of any of it, you fake bastards? 
It's a big country. I'm sure we can move away from each other. <laughs> that didn't make sense. The South needs to be quarantined. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> just saw it off like Florida. Just cut Florida off and it float away. Yeah, I think somebody had an idea for that. I think they called it recess. Success. One of those. Yeah. They came up with something. <laughs> so, um, when you met Sydney, you felt pretty head over heels and then what made you guys move across the country like that's a pretty wild thing to just I mean moving in together after a year is one thing but just driving across the country what, what brought that about I was just talking to him about Whose this at Buffalo I just talked about this at Beatos oh yeah uh, fucking hate that place I get the absolute worst service god it's so great for what it is though no no, the service is bad half the time, and I the mean, other half the time... I had maybe like 10 bad experiences, and I was like, okay, never again. Anyways. I um, only had food poisoning so, there twice. <laughs> go on, so... <laughs> you, uh, whose idea was it, or what, what brought it on? So, with Sydney, what's weird is I was very against getting in a relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had just uh, had the worst job of my entire life that I committed my whole life to for like four years. And uh, hated it, hated every minute of it, but still did it. And so I was trying to, like, redefine myself. Mm-hmm. And when I met Sydney, I was in this weird place where I was thinking about starting stand-up. I was thinking about writing, doing those things that I always wanted to do. And uh, so I was really just looking up, looking for hookups in flames. Like, right. at best. Because that is grinder, essentially, yeah, right? exactly. It's more of a find sex than find your life mate. Yeah, you don't, it's, you don't really find your, uh, your lifelong love. In fact, if you ever adopt a kid, you'll be like, yeah, we met on the OK Cupid. That's, That's exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> is that the one that doesn't let gay people on it? Or is oh, that Match? Oh, maybe. I don't know enough about the websites. That's funny. Yeah, you'll have to pick one that lets gay people on it. Yeah, Match.com. Just tell, yeah. <laughs> tell them you were a female for that time. It was a confusing time. Nobody knew what gender they were. Yeah, I was trans, trans curious, you know, just kind of exploring things. I wonder if that's a lot to say. Uh, they'll probably get me canceled too. Trans- no, no, no. It's just like, yeah, I got, I got one boob uh, yeah. just to try it out and try it wasn't out. for me. It's sports bras. You know, I didn't go lacy. Just trying out the sports bras. But... See, you're kidding. This is the important part for everybody to get. Like, this, these are jokes. <laughs> we can make fun of anybody and anything. We just can't be mean about it. Um, and saying, like, I was trans curious, I got one boob, that's actually kind of, who, yeah. who the fuck cares? I like trans curious. Keep that one. That's good stuff. Or you could use it. On stage, I'm not gonna use transcurry. I don't. T- I don't. I write all my own stuff, hundred percent. I always encourage people to write down their jokes. I was just gonna so say. I was just gonna say. I, I could just write your jokes instead of. Nah, but I if don't. you don't want to use other people's jokes, it's fine. I won't refuse. You can use my poems to woo Sydney. Okay. Like a birthday card or a Valentine's Day card. I got some good loved ones. Please do. Yeah. So recite one right now from memory. They're on my Facebook. I do not have them memorized. I wrote them a while ago. I haven't written in a long time. But uh, there's one point where I was writing like two or three a day, but that's when I was depressed. You know, it's a lot easier to write when you're depressed. I keep telling my wife. So to, like, easy to write when you're depressed. My wife came along, and now I'm not depressed anymore. It's like, oh, I can't write. So <laughs> keep telling her to like divorce me for a year or something. You know, like those guys. <laughs> those guys that say like uh, they they can never get any writing done. So like, oh man, if I could just be in like jail for like a year, you know, like a white collar prison, I would really get a lot of writing done. You know, really focus on it. So. Daughter to divorce me for like a year so I can get like, my book put out or something, but <laughs> she refuses, she won't do it. You know, it's weird. Uh, quarantine, I got a ton of writing done in the first part of uh-huh. quarantine, and then motivation got annihilated by depression <laughs> so quickly. Uh, uh, I thought I was going to like be a bastard, yeah. But I thought I was gonna get my 10,000 hours in one year, I was convinced, and it just uh. <laughs> 
yeah, it just doesn't work out that way. If you yeah. procrastinate, you procrastinate. I didn't get much quarantining about procrastination. That's my specialty. Like, I'm supposed to, like, work on editing my show all week, and I always do it Thursday night. I'm up till, like, 2 in the morning editing. I was up last, late last night. Editing. But, um, so, wait, sorry, did we get it out? Whose idea was it? The movie? Oh, you didn't want to so, be in a relationship, but then... But then Sydney, Sydney. You met Sydney. And, uh, and I just kind of decided, like, I need to change my life. I need to go chase my dream. If I don't, then I'll hate myself, and I'm that type of person. Mm-hmm. So, I said, I told Sydney, I'm like, I'm moving... To California to chase comedy, uh-huh. and uh, and if you want to come, sweet. About twenty years too late, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a big t- comedy scene. There's well, a massive uh, comedy scene here still. Yeah, this is still the this is still numero uno in the in the universe. You got like the comedy store and all that stuff. Comedy store, Hollywood Improv, uh, Flappers. You got you got a lot of spot. All the Flappers is mostly just known for uh, bringer shows now, but like, so, you know, so New York City is also the other capital of the world but it was your idea did i told him to trust me did sydney you think he kind of wanted to though like I'm, yes i mean i'm so like he it was your idea but he was on board because he always wanted to move to california too to, okay that so it was kind of like yeah. several things were just like fate mm-hmm. yeah and then um how do you afford something like that to be able to like get here with like obviously like a down payment on an apartment or like a car and like the trip I was making a killing in Uber. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Uber in Boston is one of the best jobs that I've ever had, A. It was one of the best paying jobs that I've ever had. Yeah. Flat out. Uh, You could make 400 a day. Yeah. 300 a day. That's crazy. It's it's insane how I would make 250 bucks Mm -hmm. in five hours. That's how I got so popular, probably. The people making money at first in the busy, like, metropolis places, it's probably a lot better. The surges were yeah. nuts. They, sometimes all of New England had like a surge Search on the right side, East Coast area. Mm-hmm. Like, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would go to work, work at like 2 o'clock. Sometimes I would start at noon if I wanted to make an extra 60 bucks mm-hmm. because those times were slow. Yeah. But as soon as you get into Boston and they had these deals going on for the drivers, it was stupid. And so I just decided, all right, uh, I'm going to stop spending money like crazy. Yeah. I'm going to try and stop doing the depressed spending yeah. that I tend to do. Yeah. And, uh, and just save. And uh, I said, okay, I'm leaving, in, I'm leaving on this day. This is the day we're leaving. And so I need enough money by then. I guess I'm going to do it. And so I just worked my ass off and just saved up about, I think it was like six grand in like five weeks. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of money I saved. Yeah. And so it was enough. So That's I was like, sure, let's go. That's cool. That's crazy. You did it all by yourself. I would have hit up your software dad. <laughs> He's not. He, they're not. Like, hey, they're not rich. We are middle class. They got money though. They no, no, no. Middle class. They got something in savings. I'm sure. Middle class. <laughs> they have. They're. They're. They're having uh, some. They're trying to save money right now for a new house to move. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, and, and they tried to, and they pumped a bunch of money into the house that they just bought too. So it's not. It's not like as lucrative as you think. <laughs> I'm serious. Were your parents mad at all about that? Leaving oh, them across the country. That's kind of. I mean, I'm sure they supported you and they went with it. But do you think they're kind of bummed out? They don't get to see you as often. Or did you not see? Did you see them often when you were on the East Coast? Yeah. Yeah. So now I moved back in. Right. So, so, what were they thinking when they're gonna see you once a year, twice a year now? Yeah, it, it was emotional yeah. for sure. It was sad. It was sad moving. I I got this like stupid thing inside me that makes me. If I if I set my mind to do something like I'm, 
I'm just gonna like try it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's like it's a pretty disbelief to move across the country, but it's also stupid. <laughs> More yeah. stupid than courageous. Like, I yeah, mean, let's move to California on like comedy, which I could yeah. do in New York technically. Right. Um, but I didn't know I wanted to do stand up. I, I was a was a comedy writer most like ninety nine percent, and I was like maybe stand up could work, and right. stand up has worked out very so well. So you wanted to do comedy, but in any capacity, writing, stand up. I like making people laugh, and I like writing, and stand up. Ten is actually is both those things. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, um, do you visit them at all, or do you fly over there like once a year at Christmas or something, or do they come out here? Or? I, I fly back like a few times a year it seems like okay uh, and usually around July which is just always my birthday for some reason there's a reason to go back <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious and, yeah. uh, it's cool to spend your birthday with your family yeah and uh, and then Christmas we go back and then there's just usually one other random time so if you but they miss me I think if you do uh, gain whatever success is in your mind which I think you have a little bit Sydney told me some about that which we can get into but um getting there but do you ever want to move back to the east coast like if you ever yeah. become successful and then go do it out there i want to move right next to my sister yeah that's i cool. think that would be great yeah that would be primo for me yeah you should have moving is not a stupid idea but you should have stopped like in arizona or something california is <laughs> such a trash state look but there's so much to do here i'm a I, I guess if you've opposite. done it all your life, it doesn't matter. Like, I've been to the ocean enough. It's shallow, it's salty, it's dark, it's dirty. It's amazing. I know, but it's like... We're it's dirty been there people, all, man. If, if it's been there all your life, it's not as amazing. Then but, I'm lucky I didn't grow up here. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because I love it. I mean, I don't... It, the hardest thing to be moving would be the food. I've heard that food just about everywhere... Maybe not the East Coast, like New York has their thing, but like if you move to, like, South Carolina or, like... Uh, Washington or something. I heard the food is awful there compared to SoCal. Baltimore has great food. Uh, I don't know anything about the Carolinas, but Have you enjoy the food here. The food here is amazing. It's great. But you guys, for all of the incredible talent that you have with food here, you got Asian cuisine, you got Mexican cuisine, you got you, you got everything here, even yeah. some of the best Americana in the world, and you still fuck up pizza. How can you guys not make pizza? It's the easiest thing to make in the world. And you all make the same mistake. And I'm saying, you people, everybody here in this, if you live in Southern California, you people? you people cannot make pizza for the fucking life of you. There's, no, there's a genuine problem. It's a genuine problem. You don't flavor the sauce. And it's A1 importance, just flavor the sauce. You gotta put seasoning in the sauce. It's like, you go to a restaurant and they're like, ragu, it's fine. Why? California Pizza Kitchen is disgusting. I paid $22 for a 12-inch pizza. That was horrible. Well, the that blew my mind. I can get a $10 pie anywhere in Massachusetts that is eight times better. And it, just because flavor in the sauce. The trick to enjoying California pizza is trying your best when you eat it to not be an East Coast pizza snob. I'm not being a pizza snob. You got it. You call yourself the California Pizza it's Kitchen, and you don't put sauce, salt and pepper in your sauce. Tomato sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. It tastes good enough. It's not good enough it when you know that you just better. needed salt and pepper and basil. See, since I grew up here, basil. Since I grew up here, I'm able to enjoy Little Caesars because that's I don't not, see it. I don't see it as <laughs> pizza. See, that's just the thing. That's like you get your thing yeah. in your, you get to say in your head like this has got to be pizza as I know it but it's like say jack-in-the-box tacos 
Like, they're not tacos. <laughs> they are not fucking tacos by any stretch of the imagination. But they're fucking good with their mild sauce on it. They taste delicious. That doesn't mean they're good tacos. It just mm-hmm. means they're great to eat, so you eat them. Like, yeah, okay, our pizza's not up to your standards, but it's still fucking pizza. It's delicious. I love pizza. I'll eat any pizza. What I'll bothers eat, us? I'll eat pizza in high school. That shitty, square, thick oh, bread shit. No, no, no. Serve. That's great. That's that's that was delicious Same. back in the day. Pizza's great. Pizza's no. any pizza's good. You just gotta stop being such a snob about it. I it's not refuse. as good as East Coast pizza, man. It wouldn't be such a big deal if it wasn't the same mistake made in every single fucking place. It's like, hey, I'm from I'm from Italy. I got this pizza spot, and we make good pizza. And you show up, and it's like, what happened between moving from Italy to like getting? Just, just you're oh. a serial killer in your brain if you pot. don't flavor the sauce and pot. everybody does the same thing. Talk. How can everyone do the same thing? The same problem? I don't know. I've never noticed the problem, so I'd have to investigate. Now that you know, yeah. taste the sauce. Watch out for the sauce. Even I mean, Domino's flavors their to sauce. Tell you, to tell you the truth, I'm not a huge fan of sauce. Like Usually when we, me and my wife get a pizza, we get an easy sauce and well done. That's how I like my pizza. I like it to be a little, I hate when the cheese is like super greasy, melty. So I like to be a little well done, a little brown cheese, okay. an easy light sauce. I mean, if you put some like fresh garlic on there and some uh, pepperoncinis or something, I'd probably go no sauce would be fine with me. It'd still be delicious because I love pepperoni and cheese so much. But... I love pepperoncinis. So you throw like, a pepperoncini in the box, it like almost makes up. Like a white pizza or something, a little Alfredo sauce on there with some chicken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't have to have the sauce if you hate the sauce so much. Just, just get no sauce. Enjoy pizza. Yeah, it's just awful out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. We'll have to do a whole other episode of pizza. Spend a whole hour and a half talking about pizza. Worth it. So um, when I got uh, the idea, or when I was told to interview you by Sydney, and I have this a lot happening now as I start doing this, like, oh, you got to interview this guy. He's got crazy stories. <laughs> and I was like, no, he doesn't. Calm down. So do you have, is it, he said something about you've been kidnapped? <laughs> I remember it's not very specifically. What, what is that, that was about? great timing. You just, you just. <laughs> what is that about? Well, you just said that. Yeah, yeah, I've been kidnapped. Who hasn't? Right. Well, I say the same thing. I, I have a funny joke I love to say. It's not really a joke, but if I'm in a, like I did it once at my job when I was kind of new still. Um, I did it sometimes still with new people. I love to say, like, oh, yeah, I've been pistol whipped. Because <laughs> when you say that, everybody in the room's like, well, excuse me? Did you say you've been pistol whipped? Like, I need to hear that story right away, so. Was it backhand or a forehand? Did he do boom or did he do boom? Uh, side, I think. So it came at me, right, uh, this, so he's coming this way, right here. Knocked me. Ow. Yeah, that was a great day of first. It was my first pistol whipping, my first ambulance ride, my first staples. Uh, I was real pissed off, though, because I was like a block away from the hospital, so I didn't turn the lights on. I was like, fuck, man. A waste of a first ambulance ride. But, um, so, you could have okay, walked, so, yeah. you wimp. You, <laughs> well, you're just bleeding from your head and concussed. Well, it was funny because I was, it was a lot of blood. Yeah. And I remember as soon as they left, I called 911 on the phone, and, uh, they're like, I told them about the injury after a minute, and they're like, oh, we're sending an ambulance. And my poor, grew up poor brain's like, fuck, no, you're not sending an ambulance to me. I'm not paying for that. Like, I'll walk to the hospital if I have to, like you said. And I think the 911 operator or my coworker was like, workman's comp. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. I'm at work. Send two ambulances. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. 
But back to you, uh, so you were kidnapped. What, what does that mean? I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Why did you get pistol whipped? Oh, they were robbing the store I worked at. I worked at a check cashing store called Money Mart. Okay. Ball. So they were robbing the place. Awesome. They dropped through the ceiling. It was me and my coworker there. What the fuck? They dropped through the ceiling? Yeah, that shit was intense. It was crazy. Okay, that's pretty cool, actually. Because... So you were in o- Ocean's Eleven movie. You were in the Boondock Saints. What if you because... were working for the bad guy? Because I always, uh... God, I wish I was in on it. I wouldn't have gotten pistol whipped if I was in on it, but, um... No, they were the good guys. Yeah. You're your owner of the Money Mart. That guy, what would they, that's the evil guy. Hoarding cash. How dare you? <laughs> but yeah, they dropped through the ceiling. It was pretty intense, too, because I always felt super safe there. I remember thinking, I worked there for years, and there's a lot of money there. There's probably, like, three grand each in the drawer. There's, like, five, another five grand in the drop safe, and probably, like, 80 grand in the main safe. So pretty good amount of cash. Worth stealing, for sure. And I always felt super safe there because they had the man trap. I don't know if you ever heard of the man trap. It's basically two doors you have to get through yes. where you're trapped if you don't get through the second one mm-hmm. or you can't get out. Like it all locks in and out. And uh, they had that big thick glass. I was not exposed at all to the outside world. But yeah, they dropped through the sea. Like, <laughs> did they ever saw that coming? <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Cause, uh, and it was crazy too because they did have a countermeasure for that. They did have an alarm to where if you just cut a hole in the ceiling, there were wires crisscrossing or just going straight, I think, that when they got cut, that should set off an alarm. Okay. But we went and looked at the hole, and they, they must have known about that because they uh, had them all, all the wires were pinned back. So they, like, cut a small hole, moved the wires, cut a bigger hole. They must have been there all night cutting wow. it out. So that was pretty crazy. They had intel on the blueprints then for that shit, too. That's or they just knew about it. It's probably a common tactic yeah, in, maybe, the, yeah. in the check cashing business. You got hit by professionals. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. That's like that's like the town. Yeah, they had like a. It was like a movie. They had like the Dickies jumpsuits and like uh, they had masks on, like uh, the painters' masks before it was cool. Um, <laughs> they had the masks on, so I. And then when they pistol with me, they knocked my glasses off. So I had like zero description to give the cops, which sucked because I barely saw them. It was all just a blur. But yeah, pretty wild pistol whipping story. Uh, I've never been pistol with. That's good. I've never been kidnapped, so yeah, we're like uh, puzzle pieces to go together. Wow, we're we're like I've got my pistol whipping. You've got your kidnapping. Jeez, we're just a we're just a court right. together, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, I like it now. It's all it's a great story to tell. I didn't die, so that's good. Uh, it's uh, there's another great part of it too. It's because I was a big stoner. That's why they didn't get the money. <laughs> so what happens? That's why they didn't get the money. What yes. happens is um, there's the the back safe, the big safe, it's in its own room. Mm-hmm. It's dark. It's, it's, it's bolted to the floor. It's a big digital safe. And um, to open it, you have to put in your code once. Everybody has their own code. And then you have to wait 15 minutes. And then you have a five-minute window period to put in your code again and open it. And if you miss that five-minute window period, then you got to put your code in again and wait the 15 minutes again. And uh, I was stoned. Drove around with a bong in my car, uh, yeah. bunch of weed, okay. no insurance. I can see that. No registration, driving a 1969 Dodge Dart. Just like, pull me over, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I was first done, so um, I missed it. I got there at 9 o'clock, I did the 15-minute thing, and I just missed the 5-minute window period. I was cleaning the lobby or whatever, just missed it. And like right after I missed it is when they dropped in. 
So if I would have been on top of my shit like I should have been and not stoned, I probably would have opened it when I should have and they would have came in. So you're telling me that these people, these are absolute professionals. they got to be. They know about the wires in the ceiling. Mm. They know that they can't get through the bulletproof glass. They drop down like it's boondock saints. They They planned this probably for months. They they even dropped down at the right time. They had this shit on lock. And the only thing that prevented all of this from going well... Stuff. Was you hitting the ball in the <laughs> yeah. parking lot before work? Probably, yeah. That's awesome. They probably saw me doing that, and they're like, oh, great, this guy's going to be an easy pushover. He's a stoner. It's going to be easy. Yet yeah, you were a genius to this, <laughs> to this robbery. Locked <laughs> up. So they only ended up getting what was oh, in the drop awesome. safe, which was the two drawers, which was like six grand. And they had a driver, so God, that's got to suck. They split like six grand between three people, probably. Not worth jail. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, plus there's blood Did they get everywhere. caught? I think so. I don't know. I never really followed it. But um, the greatest part of the story is my district manager came afterwards. Afterwards was a mess because uh, there were fucking police just filled the parking lot. Everything was quarantined off or whatever. I don't know. I was in the hospital. I've only heard about it. But <laughs> I've, uh, she uh, had a habit of sticking pens in her mouth. And she went into the whole office right back by where the safe was and sat down at the desk and... Uh, there was just blood everywhere. So she put a pin in her mouth that was just covered in my blood. Oh, so that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is <laughs> kind of like funny. stuck her pin in her mouth. I'm like, oh, that's like it for sticking pins in your mouth. So that was a good <laughs> part of it, too. So. But yeah, it's a good story. It is a good story. But uh, they left me there. They didn't take me. So what happened to you? Why did they take you? Why did they kidnap you? How old were uh, you? They, they, Let's start with how old you were. I was 21. 21? 20. It was right in a, year right after that? a breakup. Middle twenty, I think I was twenty. Something? No, I was nineteen. So nineteen or twenty. It was right before I started dating the girl. Uh, it was right after the relationship with the guy. So I think I was nineteen then. Wow, who, I was nineteen. Who kidnapped you at nineteen? I need, I need to know. I, it was uh, the Latin minds need yeah, to know. Yeah, the Latin Kings, whatever. Latin Kings is that a gang? Yeah. yeah. What is it? East Coast gang? They're out here. They're very famous. Wow. There's documentaries. Well, I won't tell the entire story, every single detail. What basically happened was I was newly single, and there was a girl that had a crush on me, and she said, come down to Worcester State, mm-hmm. which was about an hour and a half drive down from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. uh, right near my house, my parents' house even. So, like, you know, I had a backup plan if I had to, you know, I could crash on the basement, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, dude, like, it was, the day was going great. Damn, it was going great. I showed up, she answers the door in nothing but a bathrobe holding a 30 rack of Bud Light, Right. I'm 19 and I'm like, heaven, <laughs> right. this is amazing. She said one time that she is a lesbian for everybody but me. Do you know how much of a turn on that sentence is? Yeah. Nathan. I can imagine. Yeah. This right. was a fucking dream. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened to right. me. Right, you've got the walk and ticket of dicks. Yep, right. exactly. Okay. <laughs> My it. average penis never felt so large, Nathan. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> So anyways, I was, uh, I'm, I'm thinking this is, the, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and then she says, we're going to go hang out with my uh, friend Jose uh, it, down by the uh, hookah bar. I'm like, okay. So go to the hookah bar. Wait, Wait so you're at the hookah bar? Back then, dude, I, I had started smoking cigarettes. I was dipping. I was oh, the worst. Yeah, that's gross. disgusting. It's so disgusting. You don't dip anymore, do you? No, oh, my God, I quit. I, uh, I quit. Um, cigarettes, okay. But I quit dip like, is disgusting. I quit like right when I met Sid, actually. Oh, that's cool. Like right when I was like, okay. I'm trying to get my life together a little bit. Maybe dips too much, you know. Do you, do you 
do you think it was like kind of for him too? I know that's got to be hard in a relationship, like not ever being ready to kiss somebody or. I was still going through the cravings when Sid was there. Right. Um, so you but kind of a little bit for him. No, not. Do you think it's because of I him? I did it maybe like a couple times early on, like in that first month or maybe first couple that's weeks of dating. Be such a deal breaker for me. But I had no, 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 not anywhere near him. Okay. Because I had already like quit, quit, but right. I was still going through the cravings. Right. So like I had already been done with it, you know. But maybe I did it like twice, uh, just because I was going nuts a little bit. But anyways, this is some really bad interviewing. Like, you know, let's stop the exciting kidnapping story for a minute. Let's get into your dip act. <laughs> Sorry, God. So, I go to the hookah bar, and she fucking this this natural redhead walks straight to the back of the hookah bar, and it was weird because it's all beanbag chairs. Yeah, it's a really chill. Shitty spot. The bar, like over on the right, to the left is beanbag chairs. Then there's like this little hallway that has like a couple more spots. Uh -huh. But there were no lights on. Why were there no lights on, Nathan? You know why there was no lights on? Because Jose was sitting in the beanbag chair, chilled like a dawn with the thing hanging out of his mouth. I still remember this. Greasy black hair, just uh, down to his shoulders. And next to him were two of the biggest black men I've ever seen in my life. Just standing. Wow. Just very weird vibe. Yeah. But me being me. Just like some suburban kid, suburban white kid just walks straight up to the first black guy and I'm just like, hey, what's up dude, I'm Paul, nice to meet you, doesn't shake my hand, doesn't say a word. Look over to the other dude, I'm like, are you talking, like, I'm Paul, nice to meet you. He doesn't say anything either. Jose's just like, hey man, I'm Jose, don't, don't worry about it man, and it's like, they don't talk much. And I'm yeah. like, that's a weird thing to say, but you know what, okay. Cat ran right over to him, gives him a peck on each cheek, I'm like, you don't want to know what that mouth did, or <laughs> <laughs> and and so we're, we're doing hookah and uh, you know I'm making him laugh I mean he likes me I'm in a great mood right a cloud 11 yeah let alone 9 yeah got a couple beers he has beers not a lot I can't drink he's like it's okay I don't know the guy who's on this it's right. like, and then finally he's like alright let's go upstairs I, I, I know the guy who owns it he lets us party upstairs a little bit I'm like sweet so now I'm like thinking it's all cool ignoring more red flags yeah all red flags <laughs> brings me up there this is what it looks like and this is hard to describe just audio. I wish I had pictures. I wish I had anything about this room. Uh -huh. It was like a dance studio. Okay. No, but take all the mirrors off. Right. Take the thing off. But right. like the hardwood floor, kind of like the atmosphere. Like open space. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little sort of stage. I can't, I don't know other, any other way to call it. Like yeah. a tiny stage with a throne on it. <laughs> and Jose goes and sits on the throne. There's already a stereo playing ACDC. Now, in the rest of the room, you have about a, a circle of maybe eight, nine people that are passing around a mirror with different colored powders on it oh. and lines. Several different colors, which I found hilarious. Because what heard if of you. That. Yeah. You, so it was like the pride flag of death. And just passing it around. And so I see that. ACDC's playing. I believe the song was Back in Black. That was, no, no, no. It was uh, Whole Lot of Rosie? One of those. Um, and there's just two people having sex in the corner. Blatantly. Right. So this is... Um, my eyes are just like popping out of their skulls. It's like walking into the Eyes Wide Shut movie. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, what's going on? I'd be wearing a mask. Before I knew what to do, Kat, the girl, right. had ran right over to one of those uh, plates and just put her fucking face in it. I remember that. And she, it just... <laughs> Just did that. No real aim. Oh, 
right. At a specific color. <laughs> I still don't understand why they were different colors, but go on. Well, they're different trucks. You had Molly. You had Coke. You uh, probably had some ecstasy, too. I've never seen people start ecstasy. That sounds interesting. All I know, I'm not a drug expert. Right. I just know that there was like four or five different colors on that thing. That's crazy. And when, when she brought her face back up, she looked like a clown. Right. <laughs> and I thought in a moment, I'm like, that's kind of funny. Wait a minute. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've never seen you do that before. I've only yeah. ever seen you smoke weed. Yeah. One time, you were this goody two-shoes girl in high school. Like, okay, so blow, my mind's blown. And I'm like, this ain't the party that I kind of wanted tonight. Right. It was a bit much. This is when you start kind of regretting coming yeah. upstairs? instantly. Okay. And so the two people just, uh, 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 just in the corner, ACDC going, Wait. ah, ah! And then Kat just trying to talk to random people because she knows everybody in the fucking room. Real quick, though, the people having sex, were they attractive? I didn't look like at if it was I didn't. I didn't stare at them. They were skinny. That's odd. But that's about <laughs> well, that's it. That's good enough. I mean, <laughs> starting to think like, because it's got to be a different vibe when there's like smoking hot chick and a guy with a big wonker like going at it, compared to like some greasy, gross people doing it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't a hundred percent remember. It's just like that was. Well, they in were my doing mind, as I'm imagining the story, I'm gonna imagine that they were hot. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So keep going. So, anyways, so I, I turn around. And the hot people are having sex, and you yeah. want to get out of there. Yeah. So I want to get out there, and uh, he doesn't let me. And uh, by he, it's it's Jose, and uh, I'm just like, hey, this ain't my vibe. Cat uh, can hang out with you guys tonight. This is uh, it's nothing against you guys. Just yeah, this it's isn't. Not it's not for me. I'm right. sorry. And uh, he's just like, no, nah, man, you can stay for a little bit. Just stay a little bit. It's gonna be a party tonight, man. It's early. I'm like, no. That's, I'm going to go home, probably going to have some beers with my, with my friends. It was nice to meet you, dude. You were really chill. Thanks yeah. for the hospitality. Mm-hmm. Thought it was ended there. And then he said, you're not leaving, man. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I am. And he's like, no, I'm not fucking letting you leave, so you're staying. Right. And then he smiles, and he's got shitty teeth, and it was just the greasy hair. Everything's just, and I'm like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you don't know who we are, do you? And I'm like. No, I don't. Should I? Are you famous? Are you like a celebrity? You rapper? <laughs> and so I'm still being funny in this moment. And then he rolls up his sleeve and he has a yellow crown tattooed right there. And uh, the the two black dudes actually roll up their sleeves. And they got the yellow crown there too. And he's like, we're the Latin kings, bruh. And you're going to do what I fucking tell you. And he has a handle of Smirnoff and he gives it to me and he's like, now take a shot. And I'm like, I'm not drinking, dude. He's like, take a fucking shot mm-hmm. or else. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I took a shot. And he's like, all right, take another one. And I took another one. And uh, it's just like a weird vibe. And I'm like already trying to calculate how to get out of here. And now I'm looking at the two black dudes and I'm just like, I knew I should have known that the dude had bodyguards. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, I was so stupid and like yeah. happy about life in the moment. Just didn't yeah. put two and two together. Right. So then he, uh, and then he, uh, Long story short, so that's the entertaining part. Uh, the rest of it is a blur because uh, he got me hammered and then forced me to drive him to a party. Uh, so 19, hammered. Uh-huh. And uh, so we get in the car and I said, I don't really want to do this. And so he cocks his gun and he's like, you're going to drive. Uh-huh. How else are we getting to the party, man? Yeah. It's like, okay. And so we get there. And, you know, I mean, a couple people might have died that night. Who knows? Possible. It's possible. A couple. I didn't day. stay long enough to see anybody die, but I saw at least a couple stabbings. Right. And the whole time, cats out of her fucking mind. It was the most insane thing ever. And uh, so, but 
you know, once the stabbing started happening at the party, which, uh, you know, involved uh, a, a little person mm-hmm. being tossed on the back of the tallest person at the party. It was the most insane murder attempt that I've ever... Well, I haven't seen many murder attempts, I gotta be honest with you, Nathan. You're stabbing a guy with a midget? Kinda. Huh. Using him as a back Through the, the... In the middle of the party... Projectile. In this, in this basement of a condo that had a DJ over in the corner, and I'm just trying to play root and ignore my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> just see this... Chucky doll. <laughs> just... And then just like... Just okay... And then, so the party goes nuts, and then Jose technically dragged me out of there. Yeah. Which was a weird flex. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is my slave. Yeah. (laughs) Brought me back, and he's like, hey, man, you were hilarious tonight. It was so much fun. You can hang out anytime. And, uh, you know, after I drove him back, more drunk than I had been on the way. So it's like, because I just, I was too afraid to leave. I wanted to escape the whole time, but he had his bodyguards at the fucking door of this party. Right. It's too much. Too much. That's crazy. So. Oh, and then the night ended with us having sex uh, to Finding Nemo. Not to Finding Nemo, but we put Finding Nemo on and they had sex. You had sex with Jose? No, not Jose. No, with the, with the girl. Oh. That was, which is the funniest ending of the night. What, I was wondering what his motivation was. I was maybe thought you blew when you got out of there, but... That's how I did it? No. <laughs> Life pro tip. If you've got kidnappers, just blow them. Yeah. Get out of there. So, after... I think I dropped too many names in that story. After... We'll change them in post. Can can you edit out the girl's name in post? I tried to say the girl as much as possible. I think I said her name twice or three times. That would be bad. Don't worry, I'm not famous in the name of names. She's a changed person now. She's nothing... (laughs) She lives in... She's uh, off the molly. She's off the pole. Yep. She She even DM'd me an apology about it. Um, Like, later on. Oh, wait. So... She was in a rough place at the time. You go to this party. It's insane. Stabbings, midgets, all the good stuff. You drive him home, and then uh, he just leave after that? Yeah. I just uh, I just got in my car and then uh, drove uh, me and the girl back to her dorm. Dorm condo thing that she had off of financial aid. It was actually pretty nice. And then just by virtue of not ever going back there you never see this guy again or no see him on the streets or anything never seen him on the street i'm pretty sure he got arrested and he's in prison still oh so maybe that you got lucky there maybe you got imprisoned at the right time before he made you his slave or something that sounds intense that's crazy that's pretty wild stuff so did you go you went to the police or anything or did you just kind of try your best to forget about it it was a gang, and I was worried that they, like, knew me now. Right. And so I just saying, didn't, like, I, I was too afraid. Yeah. yeah. So probably... Great story, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like my pistol whipping. Yeah, it's so probably held captive is better than kidnapped. I mean... I feel like... It was kidnapping, but I drove, but it was at gunpoint. That's gotta be a kidnapping. I feel like kidnapping... I feel like that's more like just forced driving. Doesn't kidnapping have to have, like, a ransom? Or to be a kid, or like a motivation, or like the motivation out was, of it. The motivation was. Uh, I mean, maybe the black guys. I guess. What are yeah, the black guys? Could, what the black guys could have driven, right? Like, what did he get out of this? He was fucking with me the entire night, and it was the himself. scariest thing of my life. That's wild. And I easily could have died at that party too. What if I said the wrong thing to somebody? I'm a loudmouth. Yeah. So you just like probably just like fucking with white people. <laughs> it's all bring me. Bring me middle-aged white guys to fuck with. You know, the more that I tell this story, the more <coughs> the more I see other people's reactions to it. And something that I never considered was like his motivation into doing it. 
Yeah, because he's obviously just an insane person. He's a well, lunatic. Right, but there's like, it makes you start to wonder how often he did it, if he did it for fun, if he did it to more people, like if that lady, which you know still, so maybe it's not the case, but like, did she bring you, like, because she took you to him, right? So like, there was motivation on her part too, like, it wasn't just like, let's go to a party and hopefully this uh, gang king doesn't fuck with you, like, it must have been that he told her to bring you to him, right, for some reason. You're blowing my mind right now. I really don't think about this often. <laughs> Which is insane. This it's is a the crazy closest. story. Like, how you didn't spend, like, for, like, for instance, the pistol whipping. Like, I had to go to therapy for that. It was only one session. It wasn't a huge deal. But he really helped me work through going back to work, which I had to do, too, which was insane. I had to go back to that place and work again somehow. Um, uh, hmm. The first probably, like, ten times I told the story. Because I got the same thing when I was sitting on this on this chair in the safe room and they're like, open the fucking safe. And I was like, I can't fucking open the safe. It's time locked. Like, I literally can't open it. And they cocked the gun in my face. Scariest thing I've ever been through. Like, you open the safe now, pointing the gun at me. So, like, I mean, I cried. Like, <laughs> it's a fun, great story to tell now, but I cry every time, or every time I told it, like, the first ten times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, yeah. I also cry easily now because of it. Like, I cry at the drop of a hat ever since then. I, like, have no control over it for some reason. Well, that's kind of, that's adorable, though. I associate it with that. Like, I cry easily now. And also, becoming a parent became part of it. I can't watch, like, movies where kids get hurt anymore without crying. So, like, that Aww. movie, that movie with Sandra Bullock that was on Netflix that was popular recently, where they had to, like, click, keep their eyes closed the whole time. Hey, you know what? You're alive. Anyways. You're alive, and you survived it, and, like, obviously it's a traumatic thing. But, again, I think that everything happens for a reason. And oh. being a natural crier now, that's kind of cool, dude. But what I'm saying is, like, I was introspective on it for a long time. Like, it was a lot to go through. And you're saying this crazy story, like, it happened, and uh, that's about it. I don't think about it much. Like, that's insanity. How could you not have thought about it for, like, at least a year afterwards? Well, okay. Uh, no, when it, I thought about it. Uh, when it happened, like the but next day, like what? Okay, going back to the next day, like what the fuck? <laughs> you wake up like, oh, I hope I don't get kidnapped again tonight. <laughs> you know what I think I did? I think I went to. Um... You know, it's weird. I don't remember what I did the next day. Right. Well, maybe not the very next day, but what was the first reaction to it? I mean, did you tell your parents? No, I didn't did tell you... anybody. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody for a very long time. Makes sense, but. <sighs> That's a lot to go through. I don't feel like I would have been able to wipe it off as much as you, especially with that lady. I feel like that well, lady I didn't wipe it off. I just uh, swept it under the rug. <laughs> I just never talked to her again after that. I mean, like I said, she sent me a DM apologizing for it maybe like four years later. Uh, oh, well, I, I thought, because you had said that like she's better now, yada yada, so like you still know about her like through no. social media? Or? No, I don't follow her or anything like that. I just remember four years after she oh, DM'd me on Facebook. Lady. I'm not cutting that lady's out of the name out of the podcast. That's who that lady. Well, what, she's like married after the four years. I don't, what if like her wife doesn't like, it's just like, this is your past? I didn't know. I don't want to be the reason that happened. Oh, that's I don't know. Funny. Fuck it. Maybe, maybe you know, I'll just make that's, their bond better. It's crazy that the story is so kind of secretive still. Do your parents know to this day? You they still don't them? know. Unless don't know. they do. I they don't. might know through something, but you never directly told them. Oh, that's wild. Know. Now, I also have this weird thing. I don't know. This might not make any sense, but I always trip out on memories like that. The more farther, I guess it's not very far away for you. It was only like how many years ago? Ten. Ten years ago. Yeah, that's pretty far. 
Like, does it start to feel more like a memory? And, like, as it starts to feel more like a memory, do you ever, like, think it feels like a dream? Or, like... Yes. Like, some, like, yeah. parts of it, certain parts of it, like, am I... Because I hate when I tell stories like that, because after I tell the story, people are so, like, jaw on the floor. I'm starting to think, wait, did I exaggerate anything about that? Yeah. Or did it really happen that way? I mean, like... I understand that so, completely. That's exactly how I feel about it. Because uh, it is such an way. irrational story. Uh, <laughs> right. Especially the dwarf being tossed like a Chucky doll. <laughs> That's the most insane thing ever. It's just he's on the back of this dude doing this. Just stab, stab, stab. It's just like, what? So it's like, yeah. So now I'm sure the guy survived. Is it like a big... <laughs> so it's a, it was like a big crowded room, like a, a, a rave, not rave, but like a big party? Yeah, it turned into a huge party in that basement. Yeah, there had to right. be at least like 100 people in... A, like, where in your apartment? Right now? Like, yeah. Not much bigger than this floor. So when... When the people get stabbed, is it like in the movies where like the place kind of erupts from yeah, the stabbing? Immediately. Like, ah, yeah, immediately. Like, what's going on? Well, I started shouting because I saw the whole thing happen, and maybe I'm sort of perceiving things a little bit differently than probably everybody else Probably your first there. stabbing you yeah. witnessed, probably? Easily. Yeah, easily. I mean, like... Yeah. Easily top first three. Top three, yeah. <laughs> that's going to go ten. Yeah, three more realistic. So... That's is that about the time you left or what happened after that part? Almost, I mean, after that was a blur. Part? Yeah, after that was a was a blur of um, everybody panicking, uh, the yeah. music stopping almost instantly, uh, right. and everybody trying to leave through the same door at the same time. Uh, it's a trampling then, probably going on. But but right before everybody started freaking out at that bad, uh, the dude Jose grabbed my shirt and just started dragging me out of the place. So we technically left first as it but as i'm like going up those basement type of stairs uh -huh. the the eruption happens this music stops everybody's screaming that's wild it's nuts yeah i wonder how connected that stabbing was to the guy if he was like oh, i gotta get the fuck out of here before i get stabbed why did he bring me that was the weirdest thing why did he grab me so why would, he's like i gotta get you <laughs> me? i can imagine like the only the only motivation i see in the story for him is you as a driver but that just doesn't seem like enough to do all that so, like, he brought you there, or had the girl bring you there as a driver, probably. I don't know why. why He'd been on a ton of that. drugs, too. Maybe he was on a right. ton of drugs, and he just thought, I gotta get this dude, because we came together. We need to figure out why this kingpin wasn't being rational. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. He's it's super weird, because he was the leader wild. of the branch uh, in, in Worcester back then. Yeah, the Latin so kings are no longer in Worcester, which is great. I can only but. imagine it was just fun for him. Just, like, a guy, like, high out of his mind. Oh, I want to fuck with this white kid. Can't be that great of a fun. kingpin if you go to jail. I'm like, what? What you do with life? I mean, he was just complaining to me about how he wanted to be a DJ when when he was forcing me to take shots at Smirnoff. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, you're you're a DJ. He's like, yeah. You want to hear some of my stuff? And I'm like, uh, no. But I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, sure. Shows me it. He puts it on the stereo. And it's awful. He's like, this is my dream, man. If I wasn't doing this, I would do that. DJing so like, as a joke. DJs are stupid. <laughs> That's not anything. You just add a, especially nowadays. Maybe back in the day, it was something when you, when that one guy got the whole club going, like made the. But now it's just like a guy at a laptop, like pressing buttons. Like who the fuck cares about DJs? Well, DJs like that, yeah. The DJs that can like uh, actually do all the buttons and stuff. There's an insane amount of technicality with that stuff. Soundboard and stuff. Like I am making this song with layers in front of you. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. So maybe but I'm nobody not, can do maybe that. Maybe I'm not being amazing. fair. Maybe there's, a, there's a, a couple good DJs, I imagine, that make clubs awesome, but that sounds stupid. Because you don't need to do that anymore, I guess so mostly why it's people just, do it? Yeah. It's mostly just DJ Khaled, I guess. You know, they ruined it for me. 
not, you don't want another shit. one? Another one? <laughs> you don't want another one? That's what you're saying? Another one. I scratched the dinosaur off this. I don't know why I've been playing with this eraser the entire time. Is oh, this an no. important eraser for you? Oh my god, that's his favorite eraser. I know it, dude. <laughs> I should just eat it and choke it's on it and like die. Fucking thousand erasers. My kids are incredibly spoiled. I don't know if you noticed the box of toys next to this. No, I love it. The Pokemon card snakes. right there. Scratch and live cold. Yeah. Live cold. <laughs> so, when did comedy start here? You move here. I would love, I think Sydney went into the story of you guys driving here, so we don't have to get into that. But that's fucking crazy too. Two like newly coupled people driving across the country. Do you wanna just like touch on a little bit of what that was like? It was the worst trip of my life. <laughs> I gotta imagine. That's gotta be awful. I think Sydney was kinder about it and I was like, No, that sounds awful. I've never was... even driven that much. That's a long drive, right? How what is that, a week? Yeah, so well we we took ten days uh, nice. uh because we wanted to take our time. Mm-hmm. And uh we could have taken longer actually um, but no it's just uh, we, we didn't know each other that well right so we it's argued like so the entire new. trip it was, it was just insanity <laughs> you wonder if it's no. almost like a good thing though it's kind of like a pressure cooker like get all that out maybe yeah no I'm, yeah. especially looking back on it yeah. I mean like there were beautiful moments too I mean in Denver, Colorado uh, and, you know seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time, uh, seeing the Rockies come up in the distance, uh, seeing all of Utah. Yeah. It's amazing. That was like an alien place. Grand, that was Mars. The Grand Canyon's fucking awesome. It's I've not real once. when you yeah. look at it. Yeah, people like try to look at pictures or like hear about it. It's like you don't know until you go there. That shit. I gotta take my kids there. That shit is fucking cool. I've only been there once and I was fucking young, but it's still like imprinted in my mind how mm-hmm. old it was. But yeah, so. <laughs> it's gotta be awful but you guys survived so that's cool and there's great the memories from it too right like you um, said we, we j- it was just like a, you know he gets a little bit of a anxiety uh, driving sometimes right because of oh, an accident that he was in yeah he told that story that's crazy shit and yeah, uh, so he gets so if you can driving. imagine driving through the Rockies <laughs> right how much shit I had to put up with Sid yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I mean he had to put up with me too I didn't take any shit so it's just like was there any point you thought, fuck, I shouldn't have done this? Like, maybe, like, was there, like, one fight that you were like, what was I thinking? This may not work out or anything like that? Uh, I mean, maybe one of them. Yeah. I mean, we're still brand new. It's not crazy to have doubts at that time. Oh, yeah, uh, no, no. Not that it's anything but natural. Like, I imagine <laughs> I would have had three of those. Like, fuck, we're only halfway there and it's already like this or... Or not even that it was that bad. It's just anything. That's just scary. God, I, I mean, maybe I'm just a big scaredy cat. I would never do something like that. Just it was up and move across the country with a new person. That would scare the crap out of me. I just he didn't he doesn't give off rapey vibes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, did, I really trust the not That's rapey true. vibes from sit yeah. from my boyfriend. <laughs> His rapey vibes are minimal. Yeah, That's such nice. minimal. Yeah, minimal rape vibes. Four percent. <laughs> Easily under a fifty percent chance. Of rape. <laughs> it's like bet you know bet on black. So we yeah. got a uh, no 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 and uh, but there were beautiful moments too like uh, like um jeez I just taking in parts of uh, especially Colorado I think but there are also times where we just got to make fun of people together and just like had this these bonding moments like when we sat, we were in uh, like a uh, like Kentucky no Kansas. Mm-hmm. One of those, one of those nowheres. Yeah, and we went to one of those stereotypical things that you see in the movies—that one gas station 
mm-hmm. for like 300, 200 miles in each direction or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And um, we stopped there, and God, there was a creepy fucking dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go in there, and he's, he's filling up gas. I go inside to get some snacks and shit. Uh-huh. Lady who may or may not have showered this decade, standing behind the counter. Dingy counter, dust everywhere, apocalyptic looking. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Over in the left, dude from from the Hills Have Eyes, just chilling there in a rocking chair. One in the in the overalls with the shoes, with the boots and everything. The the no shirt on. Yeah. The the bat the almost no hair but kind of hair, and like just rocking. And I said, "How are you guys doing today?" And he just rocks and fucking stared at me, Nathan. And uh, and, sh- and the lady behind the counter is like, oh, don't mind him. He's just a grumpy old man, yeah. aren't you? And he yeah. just looks at her like he's gonna kill her next. Yeah. And I'm like, do you need saved? Yeah. Do you need to be saved? And then the and he's on the left side, and on the right side of the other corner, two people having sex. <laughs> Wild. It's like it's just followed you everywhere. Wild. That yeah, was the worst part of that place. No, but so you guys make it here. That's cool. So. Uh, <laughs> brag about yourself for a minute. How how has it been going in California? I heard you won like a contest or something. That's pretty cool. What's been going on? I won a podcasting contest. I, I'm not. It's not brag worthy. There there wasn't that many people on the app at the time. Maybe like a several hundred or oh, whatever. Yeah. And like a, it's brag worthy. Don't lie. Come I put in the most effort. It's completely cool. different. It yeah. wasn't talent. It was just uh, me going ham for like seven days straight. Right. Uh, it was the people who got the most listener minutes, mm-hmm. which means like if there's ten people who listen for ten minutes, that's a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. So, there wasn't a time limit for a few days, then there was a time limit. I was trying to navigate the rules and shit, and it's live podcasting on the oh, Stereo okay. app. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I won. Uh, but, you know, like, I couldn't sleep for months afterwards because when you just talk mm-hmm. for 12 to 16 hours a day and then sleep, yeah. as soon as that's over, your brain's still going a mile a minute. Right. And so, sleeping it's became impossible sleep. for months. Yeah. It was so difficult. I just had thoughts about anything and any, everything. That couldn't turn off. It wasn't worth it. But it was nice. We got a Vegas trip out of it. Um, cool. You know, I won some money that w- went to Vegas. Yeah. And, so that was cool. good. Uh, cool. and well, outside of podcasting, though, have you had, like, a real good set at a place or anything? Like, how, how's it going that way? So, you know what's crazy? I was uh, I was bombing, like, every other time I went up doing stand-up before quarantine. Right. I had a set that worked, but I was uh-huh. still fucking it up. Yeah. And I was nervous all the time when I went on stage, and I wasn't. I was being weird. And I was rushing through things a little bit too much, and uh, you know I, I didn't yeah. always memorize my sets, and Timing's, my writing was bad. Timing's important. Quarantine happens. Uh, I was actually booked at the comedy store to for the belly room, uh, April nineteenth. Well, that's like a big deal, right? But it didn't happen because well, of COVID. I mean, but it was cool that, that I got booked. booked. Yeah, that's cool. You're, I you're I have one of my uh, I have one of my watches stopped on four nineteen. Uh-huh. Uh, just as a little reminder that like you know there's hope. That's cool. It happened. Yeah, Looking back good. on it, thank God millions of people died because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because of, I wasn't ready thousands. or whatever it is. What Are you know that the, the death toll the... the world. Oh, I thought you were talking about the U.S. Yeah, well, totally easy. No, you're right. <laughs> only people died in America. You're right. It's mostly, only us. Mostly old people. Yeah, well, mostly old gonna, people who gonna, were gonna die anyways. They were gonna can't... die next year anyways. That's right. Yeah, yeah, people who have cancer that were still going through treatments that had a chance. Fuck them. They were gonna die anyways. Agree. Right. I don't right. agree. But, but, uh, the, uh, but, you know, thank God it happened. Thank God, yeah, if cancer doesn't get you, it'll be this thing that everybody wants you to die of anyways, according to the logic, right? Well, I just mean, you know, I think a lot of people say, thank God for COVID. You know, that's just the phrase I've heard a lot lately. And I say it as a joke. I don't actually think so. In a weird way. It worked out pretty great for us. We got a bunch of money from the government. A couple weeks off of work. 
Yeah, and like six months of depression staring at a wall trying to be a creative. Oh, well, the worst. Luckily, not much changed for me. My job didn't change at all. Uh, my wife's job didn't change at all. Yeah. We took a month off when we got it, but that was about it. And then, like, yeah, that's all that really changed. I lost my taste. Oh, my taste got kind of fucked up because of it. That sucks. Yeah. Peanut butter's not very good anymore, which is kind of tragic for me. That's tragic as hell. What about Reese's? The real the tragedy. Candied peanut butter works out okay. Okay, but good. It used to be my favorite thing, just taking a big scoop out of the jar and just eating it like a monster. And now it just tastes weird. It's gross. That's so sad. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's the real loss. <laughs> no, I I actually agree. No, fuck anybody it's who's died. Depressing about it. No I'm peanut still, butter. I'm still pretty sad about it. I do love peanut butter. Reese's are okay, which is good. I can eat a Reese's and like, oh, it tastes good. But then it's like, ah, oh, it tastes kind of. It's weird. not the same. Oh, that's uh, too bad. <laughs> a real hard one is toothpaste. Toothpaste tastes really nasty to me now. That's really okay. Interesting. But yeah, but yeah, so much didn't change for yeah. me. But um, so COVID hit, yeah, the, and what happened? You got better, or I got better. Um, something better? happened during quarantine where I decided to stop. Uh, giving a shit mm-hmm. as much about how people viewed me when I was on stage to the point of being so nervous that it affected my ability to do it. Right. So something happened. Uh, quarantine was ending a few months ago. Ending. Not really ended yet. Right. Uh, but I decided, I'm like, I'm going to start doing open mics again. Oh, cool. And I came back and my first mic was at the rec room in the back and I actually told the story of uh, of getting kidnapped uh-huh. as like a joke. Yeah. And oh, But it's okay. too long of a story so I did the first five, that actually went well, Yeah. and then the second five did awful. Right. And this was my first time back. So I'm at this spot where I've bombed a million times, I've done okay a, a bunch of times too. Right. Uh, maybe killed a couple times mm-hmm. at best at this spot. Mm-hmm. So I came back and I'm like, alright, this is all the same old. No, screw it. I'm going to come back and now I'm going to have the best material that I've ever written. Yeah. And so I think I took a week off. I rewrote all my stuff to match how I would say it. So that way it doesn't matter if I screw it up. It's going to be how I say it. So I'll be able to pick it up again. And I'm going to make fun of people when I'm up there. Screw it. I'm going yeah. to do some crowd work. Right. And I have been murdering almost. I've, I haven't uh, bombed a single set. That's awesome. Uh, it's been insane run the past few months. Yeah. Uh, Suddenly, I'm getting noticed at these clubs that I never would have even imagined would give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, getting booked at the comedy store, that was great. Yeah. Who knows when that opportunity is going to happen again. Right. But I get to open up a show at the Improv on Tuesday. That's awesome. That never would have happened. Yeah. And the only reason that happened is because I've been doing really well uh, every time I go there for their showcase mic. Mm-hmm. And now I get to be the five-minute opening act for it. That's awesome. That was amazing. That's the best opportunity yeah. I've ever had. Congratulations. That's I get cool. to... Uh, and... Like so, doing well at these different places too. That was the strategy. Go to Los Angeles, proper. Go to Hollywood proper and do it up there more and more. Kind of spread your word a little more. Yeah. So it's not just Orange County. And also, I was worried because I thought maybe there would be a lot of Orange County comics. Who? What if I? What if the one time I bomb is going to be in front of them? I'm doing crazy good up in LA. Right. What if I just I bomb in front of the people that have seen me bomb a million times? Yeah. So recently, I started doing uh, more shows down here. And it all came to a close, sort of, at a spot called Gallagher's uh-huh. in Huntington Beach. I opened up for Gary Cannon and Eric Wylow, who run uh, a mic up at the Improv. Oh, that's cool. And uh, and Gary's like, hey, I got you for a seven-minute spot opening up for me. Um, yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. That's so awesome. that was the best opportunity ever. And so it cool. turned out, I didn't know this, but there was like 15 Orange County comics that like I all know uh-huh. at the bar to watch this show. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, they must think it's a joke that I'm performing on the show. <laughs> right. And I went up there and had the best set of my entire life. Okay. 
That's awesome. And people are coming back up to me, and two separate people said, I didn't know you were funny. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get so funny? <laughs> so, so, so stand-up is going much better, and I'm just trying to uh, 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 just reel it in. It, it's been surreal how I've been getting booked now, and just, I'm just trying to roll with it, and I'm so grateful. They just come up, and they're tapping on the shoulder, like, hey, I'm glad you finally got a good writer. That's cool. Well, what's his name? That's what it feels like, yeah. <laughs> It's Derek. No, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, Derek's the best. He's uh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fucking hilarious. Let's so, um, man. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. I love success for anybody. That's really neat. I'm very um, grateful just taking it day by day and trying to work kept, my ass off. I kept telling Sydney because, I don't know if you know this, but I've been trying to get an interview with you for like, God, since I started this thing, probably a month. <laughs> through Sydney was impossible. That guy's the worst at it. <laughs> Why would he I do finally it? got your <laughs> well it just happened like I finally got your phone number and texted you directly and it happened in a week like I don't know what I don't know he told me that it was supposed so to happen I was ass. waiting no he said that do I want to do the podcast with you and I then I'm like yeah give him, give him my info right. and then I was waiting on you to be honest yeah well I kept trying to go through him instead of getting your info because I'm lazy <laughs> but uh, it just it never worked out so. that's funny but it's funny I kept making the joke to him because you were uh, whatever you want to call it rising so that's cool. Uh, I was like, I kept, uh, I kept telling him like erecting. I'm like, you know, <laughs> it always comes back to penises with you. Yep. Make sure you're gay. See you. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> oh, bye. Sure, I have a huge focus on penises, but I'm definitely bye. Well, it's been four years of monogamy, man. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So at what point of dating a guy, um, can you do you just have to go gay or say you're gay? No, it's my sexuality. Is my sexuality. Be for him? So how about this is the not, best example? This is the best example. Because you cut half of the population away from cheating if you say you're gay, make him feel better. I could do it for him, is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. No. No. I'm saying if you want yeah. to finger blast the lady on the weekend, that's fine. But I'm just saying you could just tell him like, hey, I'm just you know what? Because of you, I've converted to a hundred percent gay. What's It'd weird? Be, it'd be a big meaning for him. It, it, it's look being bi oh, I think is very liberating I'm lucky that I am bi I didn't choose to be by a long shot it was very difficult even figuring out that I was uh, because it's so fucking confusing especially in high school like what do you what yeah. am I I must be gay I must be straight I must be gay I that's be straight that's actually an interesting subject because um, I'm heterosexual and it's no big deal for me because it's everywhere and then like for gay people it's gotta be rough and confusing because it's not everywhere they don't see it well, back then, you didn't see it on TV and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but bye, God, that's got to be even worse because that's like doubly confusing, right? Going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, because you think that it's got to be one or the other because everybody else says that. Right. Which is how my naive, stupid, heterosexual self thought. It's like, <laughs> well, obviously they're gay. They just don't want to like, commit. You know, that's what I always used to think. And not even jokingly, just naively, stupid, uh, cis, straight, white guy. That's what I always thought, like... Oh, they're just, they, they like to keep their options open. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not that. But we don't need to get too off into the weeds on that. I've done that on too many episodes. Uh, but um, it was funny that I kept telling him the joke, like, hey, you know the name of the fucking show, right? It's called With Ordinary People. Like, 
extraordinary interviews with ordinary people. Like, you have to get me this interview before he becomes famous. So you're going to ruin the whole premise. I'm flattered like, you think that's even like, a possibility. If, like, <laughs> if, it's gonna take another, if he would have, like, drug his feet for another six months and I never would have met you at that party, then, I don't know, next thing you know, you're getting called over the couch by Jimmy Fallon, and I'm like, fuck, now i got to change the name of my show, you know? Yeah, that, that's a that would be a meteoric rise. Indeed. Glad to catch you before you're famous, so that's good. Well, thanks. So. I'm glad that you, you, you have that much faith in it. But I've been getting booked a lot, but I'm not anybody yet. If at it all. does ever happen though, and you get on that couch, you tell Jimmy Fallon he's fucking stupid. That's the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. Tune in next week when I interview my wife's Aunt Deborah about her time at New Line Cinema as a movie producer. Thanks again for listening, and be kind to each other.